Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 47 of Starting to Know Business Podcast with your host and your friend Ishu Singh. If you want to learn from the story of an entrepreneur who made nothing into something, so keep on listening to this episode, this will be really helpful for you and you're going to learn a ton as always. If you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, thank you so much for coming to this pod. In this podcast, we talk about starting a business, growing our business, scaling, scalability, like reaching that top level, becoming great leaders. We talk about all that. We cover all the business aspects here. Merger, acquisition, like you you name it, we're going to cover it. We have already covered most of it. Not most, as I always say, that learning about something new or learning itself is a never-ending process. So you always learn something new. So sorry for that. I haven't covered most. I haven't even covered nothing. I've just started out. Even I don't know the depth. Whosoever I'm meeting in this podcast, like the guests are coming with immense amount of knowledge that they have in their particular field. So, yeah, I'm learning with you as well. As I'm talking, I learn a lesson that I haven't covered most. I haven't even touched the surface yet. If you are a repeat listener and you're listening to this podcast for the second, third, I don't know, countless number of times, thank you so much for coming one more time and making this podcast a success. If you want to learn more about the evolution of this podcast, go to startingtoknow.com, pick any topic and learn more about it in depth, not on surface, in depth. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to issuesing.com, learn more about me there. In today's episode, I have Neil Parik with me. He is founder and CEO of Made This Franchise. He started five years ago with this idea that local businesses don't need to manage locally. Like he he turned this idea into a reality with Made This. Then he turned Made This into Made This Franchise, which helps like homeowners and shop short-term rental host like airbnb and with the cleanings so this is a business made m-a-i-d made so his business is to provide made services and he had made millions in doing this business so in this episode i won't promise you or i won't say that you're gonna make millions but the kind of knowledge that you're going to get here is going to be priceless. You can you cannot put a price tag for the things that you're going to learn from this podcast episode. Without further ado, let's welcome Neil. Hi Neil, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, Ishu. I'm excited to be here. My pleasure to have you here. So, let's start from the very first question. Um I have given your introduction to the listeners. Well, let's uh, hear directly from you. What is Made This? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of my background. My name is Neil Parekh. Um, I live in Los Angeles and I used to work in finance and venture capital. And I launched a company called Made This a few years ago. Made This is 
a, a cleaning franchise and a cleaning company. Um, that's a remote cleaning concept. So everything is done remotely. And uh, we're focused on a couple of niches. One is Airbnb turnovers. So we're actually the first uh, US-based franchise um, that's focused on vacation rental turnovers. And the other part is residential cleaning, mostly for the millennial audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is there any specific reason, Neil, uh, for choosing Airbnb or, you, or that was the opportunity for you? Yeah, very insightful uh, answer. It's because the opportunity was there. So I, I, when I started it, um, I was just trying to get business, to be honest. You know, as it is when you're an entrepreneur, at the beginning, you just create business where you can. Hmm. So at the beginning, I thought, hey, we'd only do residential cleaning. Uh, and that's what I knew. And that's what we were just starting to do. And then this is around 2013, 2014, when uh, vacation rentals and Airbnbs really started to become more popular. You know, people were leasing and subleasing places. So I started to get calls from people said, Hey, can you do vacation rentals? And at first I said, no, that's weird. That's not what we do. Uh, but then I looked into it more and I realized that it's a much higher volume of cleanings. It's more niche and specialized. A lot of the audience, is, it's more like a B2B sale as a B2 uh, business to consumer sale. So it's a little bit different. Uh, so I decided to branch out and focus a lot on that. And that's a lot of how we grew. So it was really just by seizing the opportunity when it came up. Mm-hmm. And how I've heard that this is a remote business for you. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So uh, I started the business, uh, honestly, because I wanted to have something I was doing while traveling. I didn't realize I could have a local company while traveling. Um, And then I started this company just kind of on a whim. And uh, I was trying a bunch of different things. And after a while, this is the one that started to work, the cleaning company. Uh, So I thought, well, crap, I need, I want to go travel and quit my job and bounce around, but I have a local company. Then I kind of had an aha moment, with, which I thought, well, I wonder if I could actually make this local company completely remote. So I kind of set off on a quest to do that. And then, you know, I got to a point a couple of years of doing it as a side hustle. I was able to quit my job and I booked a one-way flight to South America. And I was traveling for about five years until COVID happened and it came back to the U.S. But in that time, you know, it was an L.A.-based cleaning company. And uh, we managed it completely remotely with the cleaners going straight from their homes to the job side and having interviews done in a virtual way. So we was able to do it very remote. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And like, how were you able to manage the like business remotely? Like this business is like, I would say that is the way to deliver the services physical, right? So correct. So like, it's going to be tough. Like how, how, how are, like, how are you able to do that? Yeah, it's 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 one of those where when you have to do it, like my constraint was I was going to be out of country. I had no choice. I had to figure it out. Then I was able to figure it out. What I realized is, um, first of all, a lot of local businesses can be done remotely. People don't think they can be, but they can be. Meaning if you're able to do it in a remote way, tons of cost savings, uh, much more lean. Um, you could scale more rapidly. Uh, with this type of business, um, it's a home service business, meaning... There's no physical storefront. There doesn't need to be. Um, so the cleaners go straight from their homes over to the job site. So for us, all we need to do mostly is coordinate, right? And be the middleman between the cleaner and the customer and handle different things as, as it relates to that. Hmm. So this business model lends itself to a way of being remote, um, as do other business models in the local spectrum. For example, I know someone who has a locksmith company and he's completely remote, right? The locksmiths hmm. go straight from their home to the job site. So as long as you don't need a physical office space for customer foot traffic, you can make most local businesses remote. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting insight. Oh. And w- w- what are the key things like or lessons that you might have learned in this process, like running the business remotely, lo- local business remotely? So key lessons, key points. Oh, man, where do I start? Um, <laughs> I, I would say um, when it comes to people-related businesses, cleaning is one of them, right? Uh, mm. Your product is the labor. Uh, for many local businesses, the product is the labor, especially for home service businesses. Um, the the key to scaling is having the, the right people, and it's tough. And I just realized a little bit late that the recruiting funnel mm. is more important than the customer generation funnel for marketing. So we need to devote more dollars and effort into recruiting good cleaners. Um, otherwise, we're not going to get customer attention. We're not going to be able to scale. We're not going to be able to grow. So the customer acquisition part is the easier of the two, for sure. It took me a while to realize that because usually when you start off with business, you just want to think, where's my customer? Where's my customer? But the reality is investing more in the product, that's going to be, that's going to allow you to scale faster. It's going to make your life much easier because you have to deal with complaints or any other issues. And getting customers is, um, at least for local services, a lot easier than it is, I think, to get the labor. So that's something which mm-hmm. took me a while to learn, but now we're teaching our franchises about this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how, how hard was it to find resources, like any hacks that you chose to, in the initial phases, like anything, any specific strategy that, that you chose? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny, Ishi, because, um, Ishi, do you know much about the, like, the local market? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you've ordered a local service, they're usually not that good. Uh, mm. Maybe the product is good, but the customer experience is not good. They don't know what they're doing with marketing. So here's a crazy stat is as of like 2017, I think uh, almost half of small businesses didn't even have a website still. Uh, most of them, when they spend money are still doing traditional stuff like Val packs, mailers, postcards, things like that. So small businesses don't know much about digital marketing. So I didn't realize this till later, how much of a leg up it is if you know loosely what you're doing. But if you do stuff which is current, for example, SEO, you do AdWords, you do, you know, Facebook marketing. This is, these are not like brand new, new age stuff, but it's kind of current. You're already years ahead of the competition. So the stuff I did, funny enough, was just nothing incredible. Um, it was just the basic marketing stuff, which had to be done. And over time, it resulted in really, really good results. Because there's probably only a handful of, of companies in your city for any local service who know what they're doing with marketing. There's some highly competitive markets, think New York, for us now, Los Angeles, but New York, San Francisco, very competitive. But most markets are not, you know, the competition doesn't know what they're doing. So yeah, actually I did do like a crazy amount of guerrilla things. Hmm. Um, although I did try to do outreach directly on Airbnb.com, which, uh, you know, you get all your accounts banned. I have like all my accounts banned still <laughs> years later because I was just doing cold outreach. So I have to use my old like, Hotmail accounts as the only Airbnb account that works now. So that was that was one of the few highly guerrilla type of activities I did. <laughs> and uh, one thing I've I've learned uh, from the local businesses, it's hard. Like Neil, if you if you see from this perspective, like um, if you're getting the ad for Walmart, forget about the ad. Like if you're putting in some keywords on Google, you will like even if the local business is doing SEO, even if the local business is ranking up, if there is something that that can be found in the stores like Walmart or some mm-hmm. superstore, like human, your, your mindset will be that you like, let's go to Walmart. It's right. It's easier. Yeah, it's easier 
for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, you kind of, at least for us on marketing for local businesses, you have to play in that game. We're never going to beat outranking Walmart on, on Google. It's not going to yeah. happen. But so you think, okay, fine. If I can't beat them, how do I get listed on them? Right. Mm. Uh, so a lot of the top websites, if you type in any paying service for the most part are going to be these large quoting aggregators, Thumbtack, Angie's List, Yelp, um, Bark, like a lot of these big, big companies who sell quotes. Mm. Fine. If I can't beat them on ranking, I'm just going to go on their website and get ranked on their website. Mm. So that's one of like one of the ways to beat people is just realize where is the demand? Where are people looking? Um, and the tactics change every couple of years. Marketing moves very fast, right? Google changes its algorithm all the time. Mm. What worked two years ago is not going to work now. So as long as you stay current, you will be ahead. That's, that's the cool, dirty little secret about local marketing is you don't have to do the most new age stuff. You just have to stay current. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And how this all started, like, Neil, as you mentioned, like this was not your forte or that was not this, this service business was not your area. So how this all started? Yeah, I, I, I for sure didn't grow up and think, yeah, I want to run the cleaning franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, um, uh, well, Isha, have you ever been on Reddit? For sure. Cool. So I was on, um, I was working in venture capital and I was on Reddit, of course, wasting my time. And I was trying to figure out some sort of side hustle. And I wanted to do a side hustle for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to quit and travel. And the other one is I wanted to help support my parents financially. They had uh, video rental stores at the time. If you remember those like old school blockbusters mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so I wanted to help get them something else to do, something to work from home from. So that was the requirement. So I thought like, hey, I have to do blogging or you know, e-commerce or something which is traditional or remote in order to be able to achieve this. So anyways, I was on Reddit and I was on a subreddit called Entrepreneur and a guy posted how he started the cleaning company. So I thought, you know what? The steps are here. Let me give this a shot amongst all the other things I'm doing. And this just started to work. So I, you know, as it started to work and scale, kind of figured out the systems. And then multiple years later, as of this year, we launched, made this franchise to franchise what we're doing. But it took a lot of different steps to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So it took eight years of kind of trial and error and figuring out how to run a cleaning company first before we decided to franchise. Uh, but the idea really just came from this Reddit post and it was one of many things I was trying. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you started your own business from Reddit. Like I've, I've seen like negative scenarios happening. Like you, you post something because Reddit community is different. Like it's, <laughs> it's different than other social media accounts. Like if it's kind of scary, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you post something like, and it, it looks like you're, you're doing marketing it has to be like in a subtle way like the people won't realize but redditors man like they, they will lynch you right it's crazy <laughs> it's it's really crazy they will come yeah. after you like they will search every single thing about you and they, <laughs> they're not going to spare you for sure <laughs> uh, seriously it is it is it is wild it's funny cuz i was like recently on the subreddit uh and the someone posted like a value post on there and all the people were calling him out like, this is fake. And I knew the guy posting it. And he is the moderator of the subreddit. He created it. He created everything. And everyone was still saying, no, no, you're fake. I don't believe you. <laughs> like, man, you, you really cannot win. It is crazy. Yeah, true. I yeah. agree there. And, and as you mentioned, like, uh, you do not have the experience in this whole cleaning business. So how hard was the journey? Like, lost money in the beginning? Or was there any major hurdles that you saw? Like, that from from which like we can learn something yeah um i think starting any business is hard man and i, I think uh, at the beginning 
I was on a lot of like Facebook groups, Reddit groups of a lot of other people who are trying to start cleaning companies as well. So you kind of get involved in the community, do a lot of trial and error. Um, and you know what I realized after a while is like, it felt like just the blind leading the blind, you know, like everyone's hmm. kind of figured out themselves and exchange information. Someone says, oh, Craig, this is working well for me. So everyone runs and does Craigslist ads. Um, so what I realized later on is like, I, I should have just paid to speed up my process. Um, meaning hire a business coach earlier and invest in that or follow a blueprint, which already exists instead of a lot of trial and error. I probably wasted a good couple of years of revenue, which means, you know, a lot of profit just on trying to figure out things and trying to do it myself. Mm. I didn't even think about following someone else's blueprint or thinking about following or hiring a coach to guide me until later on. And that's partially why we, when we launched, made this franchise, it's kind of like, Hey, you already made these mistakes, hundreds of thousands of dollars of mistakes. Mm. Um, you don't have to do it because I've already done all this trial and error for you. I would advise anyone who's starting their own business or early on in the process, if you're not working with a coach or a mastermind group, mm. do it because they could save you a ton of time and money from not having to do trial and error um, and solve things and move much faster. So that's what I would actually recommend. And that's what I've, I would have told myself a long time ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. how are you able to test the, this idea? Like, I'm just thinking in my mind, like, because when we start any business, we learn that go to the market, small scale, mm-hmm. test out, mm-hmm. test out the idea and come back to the board and see like if it is working or not or change the strategy. Like, how were you able to test your idea? Yeah, the good thing is like it's pretty lean. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. have a ton of capital investment or overhead. I have a website where I do marketing and then I find a cleaner, right? So for us, um, I tested it by throwing up a Google ad, see if someone even bought it, right? The premise was... Um, a much easier booking experience. You know, we actually pick up the phone versus other cleaning companies, um, which is funny. We just set up a franchise in Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. and I had him do uh, competitive research. So contact the top 10 competitors in your market. And his name is Dan. He called me. He said, Neil, you're not going to believe this. Um, eight of them, I left a voicemail and they never called me back. And the two who did call me back are booked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having picking up the phone is literally a competitive advantage in this industry. Um, so... <laughs> as long as you can pick up the phone. And that's what we did uh, when I put up a, an initial Google ad. Someone called us and booked immediately. That was, that was validation enough. And mm-hmm. at that point, I didn't have a cleaner available, but I knew at least the demand was there, right? And it's easy to test with a lot of these marketing mediums. You throw paid ads on Google, invest X number of dollars, run ads, see if there's any demand. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like paid ads make, you, make it very easy for you to be able to test out things uh, very quickly. Cool. Cool. And are you are, are you a believer in scaling quickly, even if there are losses in the beginning, or you are more so off taking patient approach uh, whenever you want to scale any business? You know, I, I, I personally started off in a patient approach. I do wish I was more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So it depends how much loss and what your risk tolerance is. And I don't think that there's a cut and dry answer for anyone. Mm. Uh, if your risk tolerance is low, and you're going to lose sleep at night because you're investing in running a loss, then don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, but if your risk tolerance is high and you feel like you feel very confident in the business model and yourself and you want to do that, then do it. Um, so I, I, I don't believe there's a kind of dry answer. It's a very personal answer depending who the founder is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think, issue? <laughs> so I would say like uh, for the tech businesses, initially, like even if you don't want, the losses will be there. Uh, mm-hmm. for the tech businesses because you want to build the functionalities as fast as possible. Um, because it, 
it's 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 impossible near impossible like there is going to be no one else doing the same thing that uh you are doing or you're thinking of doing so mm-hmm. in the tech businesses it's the faster you are going to build the functionalities the the better you will scale uh, and and the and the traction will be there uh, so initially i would say losses will be there in terms of uh building the functionalities hiring more people and getting the things done but eventually it will it will settle down um, yep. there are other arguments as well like uh, no uh scale slowly build the functionalities what people are looking for don't just bombard the functionalities build it um after seeing the traction from the market like do proper research and build it slowly uh but if you will see the trend like the bigger companies even if those companies are being venture backed uh but but the scenario here is but the thing here is those companies are going to crush you anyways like if you are not going to uh have the losses in the beginning you are not taking the venture money it's your own personal choice someone else is doing that already mm-hmm. and uh, and they are going to scale no matter what they're going to crush you like anything they're going to come after you if because in tech businesses you know like there are millions and millions of billions of dollars in some cases mm-hmm. and like <clears throat> those those people are are kind of ruthless like they they're going to not leave you like it's billions of dollars on stake right yep exactly yeah, I agree. I, I would say it is industry specific, but honestly, even in the local services, mm. um, like what do we do with our franchisees? I tell them to invest as much as they can upfront in marketing. So it's a little bit of a, hey, let it burn for a while. Here's mm. the reason why you need to have a recurring revenue business model for that to work. Mm. Why? Because at the beginning, you invest a lot in marketing, say, let's say cleaning. If you invest a lot and you get a, a, a certain amount of, let's say, bi-weekly customers or weekly or monthly customers, then you have a baseline of revenue and profit to work from. And then you could scale back your marketing. But if you're going slow and you're not acquiring those recurring customers fast, um, then it's going to be tough. It can take you a long, long time. So you might as well spend the money up front, get them, keep them happy. And then within a year, you'll be sitting pretty because you have you know 10 recurring customers per day and you know how much profit's coming in then you could scale back. So I, I would be more of an advocate of being more aggressive and just knowing your numbers. So I actually do, I do agree with you, Ichu. Mm-hmm. I agree with that part. Okay, got it. Is there anything, Neil, that you think that uh, you want to share with the audience? Anything that I should have asked you? I mean, there's a lot. You did a, a pretty thorough overview. To be honest, like I, I just, um, uh, after getting into this and like I worked in tech venture capital for quite a long time, we worked, we did, um, software investment, tech investment. Mm-hmm. And I see the local end of it. Uh, I'm, I'm quite an advocate of the local end, depending on your goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess one, one thing which is kind of cool to notice is that um, the way technology has moved so rapidly, you have Slack, you have VoIP systems, all these tools that allow you to work or allow you to scale your local business rapidly mm-hmm. and work from anywhere in the world you want. So I don't think it's that time as it was like 10 years ago or 15 years ago where you feel like you're limiting the growth of the local business. You could actually scale very, very rapidly in a much more efficient way now. It's just not as looked at by private equity and venture capital guys, but there's still a lot of cash in local markets. And I think it's kind of a hidden gem. So for anyone looking for like, hey, what's next market to look into? I would actually encourage you to look into local businesses. Uh, also, obviously, we're I'm biased. You know, I've made this and I double down on it when made this franchise and we're kind of scaling that part of the business, but that's truly the thesis of it is, Hey, the local competition does know what they're doing. It is highly scalable. Now there's a lot of technology out there, which has not existed before. It's just a very underserved market. And 
there's potentially every single city in the world is a potential market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's endless. So I, I, just, I just think there's huge, huge potential in this untapped market of the local market. For sure. Uh, I agree with you there. Neil, one thing I have noticed specifically in local business, like getting the resources, I think we touched a point before too. Uh, we got like, I'm telling you my personal experience. We, we were looking for someone, I think uh, last week uh, mm-hmm. to get the cleaning done. Uh, we, so it was really hard. It was really hard. We were then we searched online. We were not able to find anyone. Then we started calling our friends because it was urgent. Like we needed someone right away kind of thing. So it was really hard. What we realized, uh, even if there are people in the market, they are fully booked all the times. Like it's really hard to get someone right. Like and I'm doubling down on the point that you mentioned, like finding the resources is hard sometimes. Is that right? A hundred percent. It is even for us, it is. Uh, but think about it from your perspective, the consumer perspective, very difficult to do. So if you need to have an easy experience to book, you're willing to pay a premium for that. Mm, for sure. uh, but I, I do agree. Resources and human resources are more limited, right? That's the scalability issue with local markets. And mm. that's tough to solve. It's always going to be a problem because you're dealing with humans. You're not dealing with software and technology. Mm. Agree, agree. And Neil, if someone wants to get in touch with you, where can we learn more about you and your business? Yeah, sure. You could go to neilparek.com. Um, you could also go to Made This Franchise, M-A-I-D-T-H-I-S franchise.com. Um, you know, anyone feel free to message me on there directly. Say you're coming from Issue Show and I will answer you personally. So feel free to get in touch. Awesome, awesome. That means a lot. Thank you so much, Neil, for coming to the pod. Thanks for having me, Jim. It was fun. Thank you.